Hello, welcome in to the Michael Like Stuff podcast today. Thank you for listening to another episode. It means the world to me. I've got a nice cup of coffee in me. I'm feeling great on this Tuesday afternoon. And I'm really, really, really feeling great because the NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. And then the playoffs are right around the corner. And that's what this episode is about. It is an NBA postseason preview. I'm going to also give some postseason awards or regular post-regular season awards. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. So thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. Like I said before, it means the world. This podcast is brought to you by my, the Michael Klinger Photography uh, if you need photos in the Nashville area, you can let me know. And I would love to do that for you at a price that you can afford. Headshots, family photos, graduation pictures, whatever. Uh, I would love to take care of that for you. So let me know if that's something that you need. So that said, we're going to get into our segment of right now before talking about the NBA. So here we go. Right now. All right, everybody. Got some good news. Survivor is coming back in September, and we're excited about that. Now, granted, uh, the first episode's probably going to drop like the week of my wedding, so I might not be able to watch it live. But nonetheless, I will have a couple episodes in the queue when we get back that we will have to watch. Madeline and I are re-watching Survivor 20 Heroes versus Villains right now. And let me tell you guys, it's every bit as good as I remembered. And getting to watch it with Madeline, who hasn't seen it before, it's so fun. Coach, Russell, Boston Rob. Uh, it's just so many awesome characters in that season. And it's just been a blast. So yeah, but here's what I really want to talk about. Survivor uh, will now be shooting their season's 29 days, even less. So normally they have 39 days uh, on the island uh, to shoot those seasons. And now they are going to cut that significantly. And at first I was pretty off put by this. You don't just take something that so many people love and change it. And that, that really hurt me. And I was like, oh no, but I just love the show. I hope it doesn't really change. But then I started to think about is it really going to make a difference in the viewing of Survivor? I really don't think so. People will be a little bit less skinny by the end of it. But other than that, I don't think it's going to change the show that much. It's They're still going to have the same amount of challenges. They're still going to have the same amount of uh, tribal councils. It's just going to be less off days for them. So in a way that's good, in a way that's bad for them. But for us, I didn't really know that we're going to be able to tell the difference. So... 29 days or less, Survivor, I'll take it. I don't expect that we will notice the difference. Um, I wonder if they'll still be as consistent showing what day the events are happening on. Um, but anyways, yes, I'm looking forward to some new Survivor finally. They also has been reported recently that Survivor will not have a themed title moving forward. So, for instance, season the next season will be season 41. And as far as the reporting goes, 
the name of the season will just be season 41. We won't have any more heroes versus healers versus hustlers or any sort of forced themes. Uh, I assume they'll probably do a theme at some point in the future, but, um, as it stands right now, there will not be any themes. Uh, that's been reported by Martin Holmes. So if you uh, don't know about Martin Holmes, you're a big Survivor fan, look him up. He's a he's, He reports on Survivor all what's going on. So um, give him a shout out. All right. So that's the Survivor talk. Uh, next up, uh, anybody out there watch Handmaid's Tale on Hulu? Okay. Uh, it's in season four right now. It's this really uh, crazy dystopian world. And the craziest thing about it is that it's not as far-fetched as a lot of dystopian worlds are. And so I'm not going to spoil it, but season four, if, if you're into Handmaid's Tale, which I know someone out there listening is, uh, season four is uh, crazy. The last episode ended on a wild cliffhanger I need to know how we got to this point, what's happening. Um, but yes, yeah, season four, Madeline and I are watching it. It's so dark, so horrible. Honestly, it's terrible. It's terrible what happens in that show. So uh, if you're not into like really dark stuff or, you know, I don't actually know that it's good for anyone to watch it. So I'm going to stop talking about it. All right. And finally, we have Michael's pick of the week. So, uh, Here's the deal. This week is the PGA Championship, and uh, that's golf for uh, some of you non, non-golfers non out there. Uh, the PGA Championship is this weekend, and it's very exciting stuff. And I wanted to give a few picks to win uh, that are lower odds so uh, or higher odds. I don't really know how to say that. Uh, they're less likely to win according to the odds makers. So yes, you can always uh, get in on Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth or Dustin Johnson. Uh, yes, you're more likely to win those, but you're still probably going to lose those bets and they're not going to come in with as much kickback on your bets. So I've picked three uh, semi-long shots uh, for this weekend at the PGA Championship. And I'll just run through those really quick. So number one, we got Webb Simpson. He is at plus 4,000 right now, meaning put a dollar on it, you can win 40, okay? And that's how much money I would put on this, a dollar, no more. Don't, 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 don't be a, gam- a gambling addict. Don't lose all of your money. Don't bet the house. This is just for fun. This is just easy, easy, light and easy. You don't need to be worried on Sunday. You're going to lose these bets, guys. You are going to lose these bets, so we're just going to take it easy. All right, so Webb Simpson, you put $1 on that. According to BetMGM, he's at plus 4000 Put a dollar on it. He wins. You win $40. Another one. Got Scotty Scheffler. All right, he is a Texan. Uh, he's buddies with Jordan Spieth, okay? And he is also at plus 4000 He's a good golfer. He's 24. I've got, I just got a good feeling about him. So plus 4,000 him, put $1 on him. You could win $40. And Shane Lowry, he's coming in at plus 8,000 on BetMGM right now. Bet $1 on Shane Lowry. He wins. You win $80. I would at not 
I would not say you should bet any more than $3. As my mom always says, don't ever bet more money than you're willing to lose. So shouts to you, mom. We're taking your advice. So those are the three that I've got my eyes on this weekend that are a little bit down down the card. Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, and Shane Lowry at the PGA Championship this weekend. Let's get on to the rest of the podcast. All right, now on to the part of this podcast that everyone is listening to this episode to hear. My NBA postseason predictions and my NBA regular season awards. Let's go ahead and get into it, folks. First off, I wanted to start by talking about the game on Sunday between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So we're watching this game, me and Joel, and we're sitting there and the Grizzlies are doing okay. You know, and we're just, we, we, I think we both kind of are feeling, we don't, we're not going to win this game, but we're doing okay. And, um, Dylan Brooks is Ding up Steph Curry like a madman, which is what you have to do. For those of you who remember back in the day, pre-Warriors dynasty, the Grizzlies gave that team trouble because Tony Allen was playing like a maniac and just playing super physical. And I, I just was feeling like Dylan Brooks channeled some of that in Sunday's game. And he's going to have to tomorrow in order for the Grizzlies. Uh, well, he's going to have to channel it over the next few days in order for the Grizzlies to find their way into the playoffs. Look, With Dylan Brooks, he's one of those guys that every team needs. He is an irrational confidence player. He thinks he's the best player on the court in every situation. He will not back down. And every ascending team needs a guy like that. And it almost works better when it's like your third or fourth best player because your your first best player is going to get game planned for as we saw John Morant get game planned out of that game against the Warriors on Sunday. If he's not able to start hitting threes from straight away, I don't really know what's going to happen because what happened on Sunday is he comes off high screen. They go under the screen. He's standing with the ball in his hands, wide open at three point line. He takes it, he misses it, or he drives into the free throw line, picks up his dribble and turns the ball over. That's, what was so frustrating about the game on Sunday. And so if they're going to game plan your best player out of the game, you need somebody who they are not game planning for, who is ready for the moment. And that guy is Dylan Brooks. Now, do I ultimately think it's going to be enough to get the Grizzlies into the playoffs? Well, let, let's, let's walk through it first. So I'll start in the East with the play-in, because that game is tonight. Those, uh, two of those games are tonight, which probably means by the time you listen to this, you will already know whether I am right or wrong on these takes. So we have the Celtics versus the Wizards and the Pacers against the Hornets. Okay, so I'm going to start with the Pacers and the Hornets just to get that out of the way. The Hornets have been 
awful down the stretch here. Um, the Pacers have not been significantly better, but I think the Pacers at least have the playoff experience to win this one against the Hornets. Um, I think if Gordon Hayward was in the game, if he was healthy, this could be a different story, but I think this is going to be a good experience for the Hornets. They have overachieved this year, uh, but I expect the Pacers to win that game. I don't think it'll be an easy game, but I think they'll win it. And then here's where things get a little not chalk. All right. So I have the Wizards beating the Celtics tonight. Um, So the Celtics have been terrible down the stretch. Jalen Brown is out. Um, Since the All-Star game, the Celtics are 17 and 19. They have a losing record since the All-Star break. The Wizards are 20 and 18. They have a winning record since the All-Star break. Uh, They have two guys who... Let's just say it. At this point, the Wizards' top two guys are better than the Celtics' top two guys. Tatum might be the best player on the court, but Beal is second in the NBA in scoring, and Westbrook has played in a million big playoff games. I think the Wizards are going to win this one-off game against the Celtics, uh, and that's going to put the Celtics in a win-or-go-home scenario against the Pacers. And I've gone back and forth on this one. I think the Celtics team is ready for the season to be over. Uh, I think the Pacers are going to beat this Celtics team. And, you know, the Celtics, without Jalen Brown, um, the Pacers have the sort of defense that they're going to be able to limit Kimball Walker. Uh, I think unless Taco Fall comes in and, and they're able to use him in just a weird way where the other team you know, gets gets a little freaked out because of a freakishly tall guys on the floor. Um, I'm going to take the Pacers over the Celtics. I don't have the Celtics in my final playoff bracket. So I'm taking Wizards over the Celtics, Pacers over the Hornets tonight, and then on Thursday, Pacers over the Celtics, knocking the Celtics out of the postseason. And in the West... Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we've got the Grizzlies versus the Spurs and the game everyone's talking about, the Lakers versus the Warriors. All right, so Grizzlies versus Spurs. Um, I really, really, really want to say the Grizzlies are going to win this game, but at this point, it seems like a toss-up to me. Why? Because they ha- the Spurs have one of the best coaches of all time, and I think the Grizzlies are a flawed offensive team. I think a good defensive team or even a team with just a good defensive game plan can really wreck the Grizzlies uh, flow offensively. Joel and I went to the Grizzlies versus the Knicks several weeks ago and the, the Grizzlies just, we really struggled to get anything going against the Knicks. And I know the Spurs are not the Knicks, but they do have a coach that I think is going to be able to figure out, just go under on all of the high screens and it's going to, it's literally going to come down to John Morant shooting about seven three pointers from the top of the key. If he makes three of them, they probably win. If he makes one or zero, they probably lose. If he makes two, which is probably the most likely it's a toss up. So I don't know what's going to happen. Just out of pure desire, I'm going to take, the Grizzlies over the Spurs for the first playing game in the West. 
And then the late game on Wednesday, the Lakers versus the Warriors. Now, I was really, really, really worried about the Lakers one week ago. And then I saw LeBron come back and dunk an alley-oop, and he looked like everything was good. He did uh, look like he maybe re-aggravated his ankle in the fourth quarter of their last game. Uh, but Vogel says everything's good, no issues moving forward for LeBron's ankle, which could be coach speak, could be legit, who knows. But the Warriors don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Um, and the Lakers don't have an answer for Steph Curry. But the Lakers also have LeBron James, who even at 75% of himself is still enough to put the Lakers over the top in this matchup. I am going Lakers here unless Steph scores more than 55 points, which could happen. It could happen. Let's just admit it, everybody. Steph Curry is a wizard with the ball. So I'm going to put the Lakers winning that game against the Warriors. They will have the seventh seed in the West against the Suns. And then it's going to come down to a rematch from Sunday's game, the Warriors against the Grizzlies. And... Look, I love the Grizzlies, but I'm not dumb enough to pick against Steph Curry. Uh, when he, he, all he has to do is win one of two games. I think he's going to do that. Uh, and I think that they're going to be a mild problem for the Jazz in the first round. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. So here's my play-in wrap-up. I think it's going to be out of the East. It's going to be the Wizards and the Pacers. Wizards are going to be in seven meaning that they are going to be playing against the Nets, which is wildly, it's going to be wildly entertaining. And the Pacers are going to be in the eight, meaning they're going to play against the Sixers. And that series is not going to be entertaining. All right. And then in the West, Lakers and Warriors, Lakers will play the Suns. The Warriors will play the Jazz. Both of those series will be wildly entertaining. So let's move back over to the East. I'm going to give my first round picks and then I'm going to wrap up with uh, some predictions and some uh, my MVP ballot, etc. All right. So first round Eastern Conference, one seed Philadelphia 76ers against the eight seed Indiana Pacers. I've got the 76ers sweeping the Pacers in four games. I just think the Sixers have too much. For the Pacers, I think they've got him at pretty much every position on the floor. And I just, I don't really see this being much of a series. Uh, I think if the Celtics, if I had the Celtics beating the Pacers here, I'd have the Celtics winning one game just out of sheer Jason Tatum scores a lot of points. But I do not see that from the Pacers. So I have the Sixers sweeping the Pacers in four games. All right, moving on to the Knicks versus the Hawks. This is the four seed versus the five seed. Knicks have home court advantage. I have, well, let me just let me just say on this series that I didn't really know what to do here. I don't think I have a great feel for how this series is going to go. It's a clash of styles, uh, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Knicks in six games over the Atlanta Hawks. I think that the Hawks, they need some experience 
in the postseason. And yes, the Knicks guys don't have a lot of experience either, but they have a couple guys who've been there, done that. They got Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, uh, and they have a really, really, really good player in Julius Randle. Um, also, I think the way that games are officiated in the playoffs is going to benefit the Knicks. Home court advantage. I'm just going to, I'm going to take the Knicks in six. Uh, I could see it being Hawks in six. I could see it going seven, but that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'm taking the Knicks in six games over the Atlanta Hawks. Let's move on to the two versus seven matchup in the East, which, which honestly might be my most intriguing favorite matchup out of the first round, both conferences. Uh, these are two teams that I've, I've actually watched a, a lot of this season. Granted, this Nets team with all three guys, I have seen virtually none of, as has everyone else. But I've watched a lot of Wizards games this season because of NBA League Pass, Garrison Matthews, uh, former Lipscomb Bison, Garrison Matthews. Um, and I'll also just say that this Wizards team is wild. They're wildly entertaining. They're fun to watch. And they have played three or four really close games with the Nets already this season. Uh, we already know any game against Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook's going to be ready to play. Throw James Harden onto that same team too. And Westbrook's really going to be bringing it. Um, I don't know how they're going to guard Bradley Beal. I don't know who's going to be his assignment. Um, this is good. These, these games are all going to be 135 to 140. Uh, so I, I think that the Wizards are going to win a couple shootout games that are going to be complete nail biters. The Nets might blow them out three times, but I think the Wizards can eke out a couple wins. I'm taking the Nets in six games over the Washington Wizards. That brings us to the final matchup in the first round Eastern Conference playoffs. It is the three seed Milwaukee Bucks against the six seed Miami Heat. Now, if you remember last year in the bubble, these teams faced off and the Heat dominated them, honestly. And if you remember, Giannis did miss a couple games in that series due to injury, but I think things are going to go differently this season. I think the addition of Drew Holiday has been huge for them down the stretch. I was listening to the JJ Redick podcast, uh, and I guess it's called the old man and the the three now, but JJ Redick's podcast, they had Drew Holiday on. They're close friends. He had Drew Holiday on about a month ago, and Drew Holiday sounded incredibly confident that they will be able to guard any team in the NBA in the postseason. Uh and to be honest, I believe them. The Bucks have played in several, at least two games that I've watched against the Nets, and they've been wildly close. I expect the Bucks to make a, a deep playoff run this season. Uh, and this Heat team, they have all the Heat culture stuff going their way. Unless Tyler Hero can kick things into gear and get going the way he did in the bubble last season, don't really see this being much of a series. I'm taking Milwaukee in five. I think this is going to be low-scoring games, um, and it's just going to be a lot of banging. It's going to be physical, 
And I think that that favors the Bucks this season as it, it favored the Heat last season. But I think with the addition of Drew Holiday, it favors the Bucks. So I'm taking the Bucks in five games over the Miami Heat. So in the second round, that will leave the 76ers against the Knicks and the Nets against the Bucks. The second round in the East is going to be so fun to watch. Um, honestly, there's not any series in this playoff so far that I'm looking at like, I don't think that's going to be that great, except maybe Sixers Pacers. So um, that said, let's move on to the Western Conference. All right, number one seed, Utah Jazz against who I'm projecting to be the eighth seed, the Golden State Warriors. Stephen Curry is going to get at least two games in this series. He's one of the best players of all time. He has been scoring 40 often this season. He's the NBA's leading scorer. And with the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell's missed a lot of time down the stretch here. Um, I'm a little bit concerned for their chances if they don't have 100% Donovan Mitchell. And the crazy thing about the Warriors is they shoot threes at a level that could give Utah problems. And more importantly, Stephen Curry shoots threes from a depth that could give Utah problems. Utah loves to run guys off the three-point line and force them to the rim where they have one of the best defensive players in the NBA, Rudy Gobert. And you can't run guys off of half, you can't run Steph off of half court because if he does, he's still got floaters for days before he gets to Rudy Gobert or he can get right past him. He can kick, he can do all sorts of stuff. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. But at the end of the day, I don't think the rest of the Warriors team has it. Uh, Draymond has a great connection with Curry still. Um, but when you're relying so heavily on Juan Toscano Anderson and Andrew Wiggins in a playoff series, I'm just not there. So I'm taking the Jazz in six over the Warriors. Stephen Curry will have a couple amazing moments, and the Jazz will still win the series and move on to the second round. Next up, we have the four and five matchup in the West. Now, the Clippers, let's, let's get this straight. They tanked their last couple games to get this matchup. They wanted to avoid being on the same side of the bracket as the Lakers. And the crazy thing is that could still f- fall in their face if the Lakers end up in eight. But anyways, the Clippers tanked to play a first-round series against the Mavericks, who last year gave them a ton of problems. That was a crazy good series last year, if you remember. Uh, Many people taking note of Luka Doncic, and it was just a great series. I don't expect it to be as entertaining this season. I think this Clippers team is better than they were last year. I think the additions that they've made... Um, especially Rajon Rondo are going to be huge for them. Uh, I think that Rondo is able to give them a guy on the floor that they did not have last year, a guy who is uh, fully pass first. He's incredibly smart, and he wants to facilitate and get other players involved. And he also just, if we get what we got last year from Rondo in the playoffs, this year in the playoffs, the Clippers have a chance to go all the way. So I'm going to take the Clippers over the Mavs in five games. All right, so that will put a second-round series between the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. 
And let's move on to our next matchup, which is going to be the Suns versus the Lakers, the two seed in the West versus the seven seed in the West. I'm just going to go ahead and give the Suns their flowers here because they went undefeated in the bubble last season, and they they have a coach who's gonna, probably going to win Coach of the Year, Monty Williams. As much as Chris Paul's influence has been huge for that team, they were going in the right direction before he arrived. They have become legitimately one of the best teams in the NBA this season. Michael Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker, Chris Prawl, DeAndre Ayton. This team is good, and they are not going away. I fully expect that they are going to be around in the Western Conference playoffs for years to come with or without Chris Paul, but they have gotten so cheated snubbed, ripped off by this matchup. They're having to play the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers, who are only in the seventh seed because of midseason injury. And this is just a terrible break for the Suns. I don't think this is going to be an easy series for the Lakers by any means. If the Lakers do win, they're going to be, they're going to have a, a, a big old bite taken out of them by the Suns. But I'm going to take the Lakers in seven. And I know that I said the Nets versus the Wizards might be the most entertaining series in the first round. Suns versus Lakers is probably going to be the highest level of basketball we've seen in a first round in a very, very long time. And if the Lakers are able to get past the Suns, watch out. If they're able to to get their legs and figure out how to play well enough to beat the Suns, that means that they can beat anyone in the league. But I'm taking the Lakers in seven over the Phoenix Suns. Like I said earlier, that that alley-oop to LeBron a couple games ago, that's all I needed to see. I think the Lakers are going to be fine, and that might sound stupid and ridiculous, but I'm taking the Lakers in seven over the Phoenix Suns, which leaves us our final matchup in the Western Conference. The Nuggets against the Trailblazers, the three-seed versus the six-seed. And let's, let's be honest with the Nuggets. When Jamal Murray went down, it took a huge bite out of their finals chances. But it didn't take as big of a bite as we all thought. They went on a tear after the Murray injury. They won 9 out of 10. And they have the future MVP of the NBA, Nikola Jokic, on their team. And I think that... As much as the Trailblazers have all the skill guys, the Nuggets with Jokic and Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, I think that the size of the Nuggets is going to be an issue for the Blazers. You're going to have to count on Melo to defend well. You're going to have to count on a lot of guys to play bigger than themselves. And the thing about Jokic is he does struggle more with big centers like a Nurkic, but after two games, he'll figure it all out. With Jokic, the longer the series goes, the better he plays. I'm taking the Nuggets to win this thing in six. I expect the Blazers might get a game or two early in the series, but I expect the Nuggets to win this series in six games, which will put a Nuggets 
versus Lakers in the second round, which will be a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals. The playoffs are going to be awesome, everybody. There's, like I said, there's not really a bad matchup in this year's playoffs. Um, so that said, I'm going to go with some predictions now. Granted, all of these have been predictions so far, but future, future predictions. Here's the team I have coming out of the East. You might expect me to say the Brooklyn Nets. I could not argue with you if that's your pick, but I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks to come out of the East. I think they're going to get over the hump. I think they've got what they've needed. They have spent this season experimenting with different types of defense. Um, If you remember in the past, they've really struggled to make adjustments in series in the playoffs when things have not been going their way. I think they have a lot more variations that they can pull out now. I think that they're the team best fit to guard the Nets in a series. And I think they have enough offensive punch that they can get past a 76ers as well. Everyone's going to be able to score on the Nets still. And I think the size of the Bucks is going to give the Nets some issues. So I'm taking the, the Milwaukee Bucks out of the East to go to the NBA Finals. All these haters myself included, who have been dogging Giannis for not being able to get it done in the postseason. We're going to have to shut our mouths. He's going to be the favorite for the MVP next season. Milwaukee Bucks is who I'm taking to go to the finals out of the East. And here's who I've got out of the West. The seven seed Los Angeles Lakers. I know that that might sound ridiculous based on what we've seen Uh, over the last couple months, meaning we've seen a lot of LeBron and Anthony Davis not playing basketball. But I don't know what it would be like for LeBron to be playing in the playoffs and not go to the finals. That has not happened since I was in high school. LeBron has not been playing in the playoffs and not made the finals since I was in high school. And granted, I remember 09, I remember 2010, I remember 08, but that was a long time ago. And I just don't think that I can put someone else as the people I think are going to be there as long as the Lakers are in contention. Um... Anthony Davis, two weeks ago against the Suns, showed up in a huge game, put up big numbers, which tells me he's almost ready to do that again in the playoffs. And LeBron is still LeBron, and he will be until he's not. And I don't know if that's this year or not. And I can't say that it's this year until I see it with my own two eyes. I'm taking the Lakers, but it's going to be hard. It is going to be a tough road. Playing the Suns in the first round, that is tough. They're going to have to play the Nuggets in the second round. And then odds are we're going to get a LA versus LA Western Conference Finals. So some would argue that they're playing perhaps the three best teams in the West on their way 
to the NBA Finals. But all that said, I'm taking the Lakers to come out of the West. And I'm also going to take the Lakers to win the NBA Finals this season. I think Giannis is going to get there, but I don't think that the guys on that team are ready to win an NBA Finals yet. And I, I'm taking I'm taking the Lakers because I just I'm just tired. I'm not going to pick against LeBron unless I feel like I have to. And I don't feel like I have to right now. So I'm taking the Los Angeles Lakers to win the NBA Finals, coming out through the play-in as the seventh seed in the West and winning the NBA Finals. That's what I've got. So let's wrap up real quick with my MVP ballot. Number one, I've got Nikola Jokic. Number two, Joel Embiid. If Embiid hadn't missed so much time, it would be closer. But I, I, Jokic affects everyone on the team offensively. What he's able to do by getting other guys easy baskets is amazing. Number three, Giannis. He's had another statistically amazing season. It's been good enough for him to win MVP the last two years. They are still the third seed in their conference. So I'm putting Giannis at third on the MVP ballot. And at number four, Steph Curry. He has to get on here somewhere. He's having statistically one of the best seasons of his career still. At his age, with the team around him, this team would be top five in lottery odds if he wasn't playing. So I'm taking Steph Curry, putting him at fourth on my MVP ballot. And number five on my MVP ballot, I'm taking Chris Paul. As I said before, that team was going in the right direction before he got there, but I think we're all kidding ourselves if we think that they'd be the number two seed in the West. They might be number six seed in the West. They might be number seven in the West without him, but they're not the number two seed in the West without Chris Paul. That guy affects winning on every team he goes to. He's still got it. When he got moved to OKC a couple years ago, it seemed like he was cooked, but that was just the narrative. This guy is a great basketball player, future Hall of Famer, Chris Paul. Don't love the ref stuff, constantly complaining, big-time flopper, but the dude gets Ws. He's a winner. He does. You don't have to win an NBA Finals to be a winner. He, he helps his team win more than what they won before he got there, wherever he goes. Chris Paul at number five on my MVP ballot. Defensive player of the year. I'm taking Rudy Gobert. Their team is the number one team in the best conference. They have the best record in the NBA. Um, I'm taking Rudy Gobert here. Uh, they have to get some respect somewhere in the postseason awards. You know, I don't think anybody on their team is going to be making many MVP ballots. I don't know how many All-NBA players they'll have. Uh, I think Gobert might make third-team All-NBA. But he's they've got to get some respect somewhere along the way. If Joe Ingles or Jordan Clarkson wins six-man of the year, I don't think that's enough. I think because their team is so good, 
they're they're gonna Rudy Gobert is gonna get this spot, and it's not like he's a bad defender. I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA, if not the best. Uh, honorable mention: Ben Simmons has has gotten significant. Like he is really hard. He he plays so hard defensively now, and with his size and length and athleticism, he's a problem. Um, Drew Holiday, another guy who I think could use a little bit more respect for Defensive Player of the Year. I expect him to be first-team All-NBA defense, at least second-team. But, yeah, so I'm taking Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Rookie of the Year is LaMelo, and it's not really close. I mean, if he hadn't come back, you know, maybe Edwards sneaks in and gets it. Um, Everybody wants to throw Tyrese Halliburton an honorable mention. But it's it's LaMelo. It's been LaMelo basically the whole season. Um, that guy owns highlight reels all over Instagram and, um, Charlotte's looking really smart right now. Granted, he's the guy that fell to them at three of the top three guys, but they're looking really good right now. Their future is bright. LaMelo ball for rookie of the year. All right, everybody. Those are my predictions for the play in the first round. Who's going to win it all? My MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. That's everything I've got to say NBA-wise for us today. And I'm sure at least something that I said will be wrong within 24 hours of the time you listen to this. So that said, I hope that you have a great day, a great week. You enjoy watching some basketball. Everybody, have a good one. Peace. Peace.